Are you ready to learn? Because my super experienced guests are ready to share some really valuable information. Make sure and listen all the way to the end to get help and support. So let's start with the best audio experience. Hello, guys. Welcome to our show. Today we discuss about customer experience, how you can get much higher results to satisfy their intent. And I'm so excited to discuss this topic with Adrian Brains Shizena. How are you? Hey, hey, Anatoly. Thanks so much for having me on the show today, man. Really appreciate it. Ah, big pleasure, big pleasure. Especially you uh, want to share some valuable insights about customer experience. Uh, I love it. I think it's very important to consider uh, sales funnel. Uh, in marketing message to create content for customers to satisfy their intent. So I'm excited to learn more about that. Before we start, just tell more about yourself, experience, background, and why you decided to share with us about this topic. Absolutely. So um, number one, I'm, I'm equally as excited to get into it. So I'm pumped to, to, pumped to dive in with you today. But um, I, I, the, the, the two-minute elevator pitch on me, Anatoly, is I, I had the pleasure of spending uh, almost 10 years in New York City working at a number of different venture capital-backed startup companies. And I got to spend time in sales and operations and marketing and uh, and customer experience and customer success. And so I got to spend time at um, one of the country's fastest growing floral subscription companies, um, a company called HBloom. We, we thought that we were gonna take over the entire floral world, Anatoly, and we did. We did an incredible job. We built a, a business where we, we had 25 markets across North America. We were selling $25 million a year of flowers. And for me, it was the um, it was my, my 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 first experience of really kind of building a building a, a growth based business. I kind of call it now building the bonfire around the business. Um, and I got addicted on until I got addicted to growing the business, growing the team, building the product, uh, working with the customers, and thinking about how every single solitary day you could sort of rinse, wash, and repeat, and get a little bit better each each and every day. Um, I, I spent time at um, a white glove Airbnb company called One Fine Stay again in New York City. Um, this was kind of Anatoly when Airbnb started planting their flag across planet Earth. One Fine Stay built a really interesting uh, portfolio of super high-end properties across major global cities like London and Paris and New York City and Los Angeles. And again, I get to uh, build a customer experience team there and work hand in hand with uh, our hosts and our guests each and every day, really kind of building incredible experiences. I get to see some of the most beautiful homes in my in my life there too, Anatoly. Got to see places in Manhattan and New York City that most normal people never get to see. Some gorgeous, gorgeous homes and got to meet some really cool people. We had guests. Our guests were English premier football players and they were uh, rock and roll stars and they're movie stars and business people, big CEOs and big, big, big executives will come into New York City for meetings. So it was a really cool business. Got to meet a lot of people. And again, for me, really started to pay attention to what it takes to build an incredible customer experience. And it really taught me how some of the most successful people in the world, they are meticulous with details, right? So it was like mm -hmm. a really incredible job where I got to see all these little ways that you can connect the dots with your customers. Um, took a totally different path and spent uh, time building uh, a home healthcare technology company in the Flatiron District of Manhattan. Um, and what we were trying to do on Anatoly is here, here in America, we were trying to build uh, beautiful days for older adults. There's all of, there's millions and millions of aging Americans, baby boomers, who are getting into their seventh and their eighth and their ninth decade, right? They're lucky enough to have these long, excellent lives. And we were trying to build a company that was going to build technology 
plus services to be able to support these older adults. So once again, I found myself in a position where I got to build a customer experience and a customer success team from the, from the ground up, working with an incredible group of people in New York City um, and, and, and really had an incredible experience kind of learning about this whole other space within home healthcare. Um, a few years ago, I came back to Buffalo, New York. So guys, I was joking with Anatoly before the show. I'm in nice, 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 chilly Buffalo, New York in December right now. So, um, and I had the opportunity to come back and work at our sole unicorn, a company called ACV Auctions. Um, and again, I was working with our executive leadership team, helping to think about what our customer experience and our customer success roadmap needed to look like as we were scaling this business. And we were managing automotive dealers across North America. And I had probably one of the coolest jobs in the company, Anatoly. I got to literally bounce across the entire customer journey. So I'd spend time with our, our automotive dealers. I'd spend time with our teams that were out in the field working with our auto dealers. I'd spend time with our product and our development team, our marketers, our sales team. And really, it was helping to craft a story. This business was growing so quickly that every single week, there was pitches and pivots and changes. And there was just blitz scaling towards, toward, towards going public, which is what the company did. The company is uh, now, now public on NASDAQ. And then uh, about two and a half years ago, like so many people across the world, man, uh, COVID hit. And I had uh, whatever, whatever you'd like to call it, but I had my epiphany and I realized, you know what? I've been doing the CX and the CS stuff for a long time. I've done it at a bunch of companies. I've seen a number of different executive leadership teams, how they think about it, how they invest in it, and how they're actually going to support it. And I started CX Chronicles. And, and, and really what it was, and I started a little bit backwards. You'll appreciate this. Honestly. We, we were kind of talking about it before today's show, but I started my podcast first. So I literally started the business, not even thinking about what this thing was going to become, but rather going out there in the world and having conversations with incredible customer-focused business leaders from huge companies, understanding how they built their teams, understanding how they invested in tools, thinking about how they built their playbooks or built their process around their scaling businesses. And then lastly, feedback. How do you get customer feedback and how do you get employee feedback to drive innovation and to drive growth and to drive change? And so for the last two and a half years, we've been working, me and my team have been working with um, a bunch of awesome growth focused businesses all across North America, Canada, and Australia. And, and we're on a mission to, to help people think about what the future of CX and CS needs to look like. Yeah, love your experience. Awesome. You know, I got the energy how you can share your story, you know, <laughs> because I see, uh, yeah, you have a lot of energy with that. Uh, okay. Uh, you know, uh, I opened your uh, company profile on LinkedIn and yeah. I love this message. Uh, make customer happiness a habit. Can you tell more about that? <laughs> how yeah, to uh, make this habit customer happiness? <laughs> 100%. So I think there's a couple of things. I think, okay, so in, in my subject matter expertise area of customer experience, customer success, you're constantly thinking about how do we make the customer happy? How do we make the product user uh, adopter tool and utilizer tool and feel really, really good about coming back and using the product again and again and again? But then there was this other piece, right? When you're building a CX and a CS team, you're dealing with the guys and the gals that have to talk to customers all damn day long. Now, depending on what type of business you're at, Anatoly, some people love their jobs because they're going in and they're working with super happy, engaged, um, positive customers. And then you got some of our friends that work at, let's just say, cable and internet companies or airlines or um, some of these big, more commodity-based companies. That's hard. Those can be really hard customer conversations on a regular basis. Typically, people are reaching out when they're not happy and they're not thrilled. And so the make happiness a habit, it really was born from um, as I was working with these different customer bases and I was working with this team, the, all these different teams, these customer-facing teams, 
I was always kind of on a mission as a leader to think about how you could sort of make happiness a habit, not just for your customers, but for your employees. And the big part of why is like people often get it wrong on a totally. If you don't have happy, engaged, supported, educated, and compensated employees, you will not build a world-class top-notch customer experience. It is not possible, right? The, the, the whole notion of customer experience and employee experience, they go hand in hand, man. So this idea of make happiness a habit was a really easy way of getting people to kind of on a daily basis think about what are the actions or the activities or the different things that you can do to make happiness a habit, not only for your customers, but for your team and your, for your employees. And honestly, it's it's been something that we've kind of kept 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 along with the journey of, of as we've been growing CXC. And it's it may or may not be the topic of my next book, Anatoly. So that's going to be the other part of it, too. Yeah. When you have this book, please share with me. <laughs> I'll share with my audience I because I love reading books. You know, it's my loving format. Uh, I prefer books than blogs, any other format videos, because I found that book offers, uh, you know, it, it takes time to write a book now, like Definitely. six months and year, but uh, on books, you can get foundation of human psychology skills. And you mentioned about employee satisfaction. Can you tell more about it? that? You know, uh, then, um, yeah, not then, I don't remember exactly, but, but like, um, you know, I, I had this experience, bad experience. Uh, uh, when uh, we worked on one big project, so big, and I couldn't uh, spend time with my team because of this project, and toxic environment appealed in my company, so uh, I lost traction. Uh, good players uh, left my team because yep. of that. Uh, so uh, I decided, no way, it doesn't matter what kind of products I have, uh, how much time I need to spend with them. I need to uh, make happiness for my team. It's for me today. It's very important. And uh, I I can neglect uh, product development because of my team uh, happiness. Can you tell more about that? How to unite customer happiness and employee happiness? And uh, I mean, like, uh, don't have such bad uh, things like toxic environment. 100%. 100%. So, okay. So, so first things first, I, 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 I love that you called this out early on, which is like, people forget that like you, you, you spend more time at work or with your coworkers or with your team, whatever your business is, whatever your job is, whatever you do for a living, right? You spend more time at work than you do with your family and your friends and your kids. And, 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 and so like, so number one, it's like, Every business in the world, especially post-COVID, Anatoly, they need to be thinking about this idea of employee experience or employee engagement. It's becoming a massively growing uh, space in the field. I think that what will likely happen with human resources and talent and people management in the near future is you're going to see more and more investment in the idea of EX and employee engagement and employee satisfaction. So all, all, all things to call it early. But I think to your second part of your question, how do you drive this? How do you change this? How do you get customers and employees and how do you kind of blend this stuff together i think there's the first place that my mind goes is um a lot of the work that we do at ch chronicles with our customers it's around helping them understand how to build a voice of customer task force so taking and i'll I'll simplify this because it can get really complex really quick depending on what your business is and depending on what you're selling and what industry you're in and how you've comprised your team but a voice of customer task force unites a number of different SMEs or subject matter experts across your customer journey, 
right? So like, so we'll break this down. So every one of us has a different type of customer journey that we have within our business, right? That our customers go through when they're buying our product or buying their service or, or buying our wheelie or wear. The voice of customer task force unites an individual from marketing or early on in the journey. Think about it. You, how does anybody become aware of a product or a service in the world? There's some marketing happening right there. There's a message. There's 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 an email. There's a there, there, there's a, a piece of print. There's some type of medium that gets a potential customer or a potential prospect to say, hey, wait a minute. I, what's that? Over there? Let me go see what that's about. Right. Just to get people to become aware or to consider a, a possible brand as an as an option. Um, and then you have to have your salespeople, right? So once marketing has done its job and you've got leads or you've got prospects, now sales has got to get on that, right? They got to get on that. They got to figure out who's qualified, who's disqualified. They got to think about who's going to be a ripe customer for the business and potentially have the highest LTV or the highest retention, somebody that can stick with the business for the long haul. Um, then you need to have customer success. And this is kind of where our space comes in, customer experience, customer success. How do you onboard that customer? How do you get them onboard? So now they've converted and they're ready to buy and they're ready to go. How do you onboard them? How do you get them to use your product, use your software, uh, understand how to use your product if it's a tangible product, right? There's an onboarding phase, getting people to understand what, what's, what's to be expected now that you're here and you're on board and you pay. Um, and then there's the customer success piece, which is getting them to um, really understand how to see the value in your product or your service, right? You hear a lot of conversations from marketers and from CX and CSers around this idea of time to value and, and understanding exactly how long it takes for your customer to, to, to really feel good about the, the purchase that they just made. And obviously if they feel good about the purchase they made, they're either going to make more purchases or they're going to give you promoters or they're going to become a promoter rather. They're going to give you leads. They'll become a referral mechanism. They'll they'll go tell 10 of their friends about, you've got to see this thing that Anatoly built. It's incredible. Go buy it. It's, it's all, or go talk with them, right? That type of thing. Um, and then you get into the operative piece, man. Like, uh, So a lot of the companies and the clients that we're working with right now, their operations and their development and their technology operations, this is a huge part of it. So like, you'll have salespeople and customer success people having lots of conversations with the users or the points of contact within the given business. Oftentimes there's a breakdown or a disconnect from DevOps or from technology. They don't, they don't, maybe they're only getting product usability feedback. Maybe they don't have any of the qualitative stuff or they don't get some of the, some of the really good colorful stuff that customers are talking about for how you can enhance your product or uh, make, make, make things easier, or maybe even increase stickiness, right? Retention, get people to kind of keep using this thing. So the voice of customer task force is an easy way to get a group of your experts around the table and to really kind of focus on the customer journey together. Now, what's funny is this, what people always miss within doing that, and I, I flew through a very complex thing really quickly just for the sake of our time today, but like when you're doing that, this is EX in motion. This is employee experience in motion. This is team collaboration in motion. This is understanding how to fan the flames of tribal knowledge. Cause this is a reality, man, a lot of companies they're so damn busy with growing and selling and getting to the next damn deal, which I love too. I'm I'm all about that. I love businesses that are growing, but nobody's taking the time to stop, pump the brakes a little bit and get your employees to understand how they're managing that journey. And obviously having those conversations on a regular basis, uh, getting clear lines on the pitch of understanding sort of which roles are offense, which roles are midfield, which roles are defense. How are you protecting the goal? This stuff is really, really important. And if you're not, already kind of baking that into the way that your leadership team is thinking about how to create a really, really, you know, badass team of people that are highly communicative and sharing ideas and understanding how they can help each other. Then that's got to be one of the first things that you, that you really start to think about.
Mm -hmm. uh, let's talk about big companies uh, that have a lot of customers. For example, uh, I, I want to share my story. Uh, once uh, PNB Bank blocked my uh, cards. Uh, okay. So uh, what I did, I came to the, uh, I made appointment, I came to the bank, uh, but uh, the manager told me, no way, you need to call uh, to this number. Uh, uh, after that, I called and spent like an hour just waiting when uh, someone can take this uh, call. After that, someone who took this call told me I need to wait more because I need to speak with someone else. So uh, uh, it took like two hours to unblock my cards you know uh two hours only on phone but uh, uh for me time is the biggest asset ever you know uh, but i came to the office i spent my time uh on the office you know but i didn't decide this issue so uh and it's not it's only my story but uh, i see the same things uh with many other big companies like linkedin microsoft i tried to uh, get uh, uh support but i couldn't do it so yep. can you tell yep. How to decide this problem if companies are big but and have a lot of customers, they have no resources to satisfy all of them, but people have this issue, they need this help because most customers are impatient. You know, for example, uh, I'm thinking to change the band after that. So because uh, I, I don't want to have the same experience again because I have no. uh, two hours, you know, to wait only uh, when someone can uh, pay attention to my problems uh, because it's not my problem. They block my cards, you know, <laughs> so I can't use my money on this bank. No. I decided, but after two hours, you know, just waiting and a few hours, uh, uh, achieving this so tell about big companies how to decide this issue look a couple of things uh, before we even dive into how do big companies tend to start to break some of these matters now first thing i want to call because I, I love you said this modern consumers have never been more protective of their time time is like this thing that this, this focus point that every company in the world needs to be thinking about when it comes to your customer nobody wants people don't even want to wait for 10 minutes let alone two hours yeah. with your bank example so that's number one and then number two is this we can thank companies like amazon and uber and um uh and doordash and and, and and instacart for literally giving us time back giving us time back giving us energy back giving us the ability to almost create the new normal of i want it now and that's tough, man. That's going to be because let's call it is a lot of our listeners today, Anatoly, they might be building businesses and they might be building in a space where fast is not fast might be hard. That might be almost not even possible. Right. So like depending on what you're kind of doing. But um, I think that number one, every company and every CXCS customer focused business leader in the world needs to be thinking about how they can be protective of their customers time. Let me throw one more wrench in there to you on the, on the, on the EXI too. Same thing goes for your employees guys as well. So taking the time to look at like your internal time spent. And, and we, we see this a lot because we have the privilege of working with a bunch of different companies and we'll do these time studies on totally. And we'll see like early on in our, in our early phases when we're doing like learning, measuring and just listening and doing the definition stages. And you'll get into these time studies and it's just like, no wonder why your customers and your employees are happy. You constantly waste their time or you constantly aren't thinking about the, the either the value of the time or the energy spend of the time and certainly the opportunity cost of the time that those people might get back right and so i think it's really really important to call that out now getting to your other part of the question of how do big companies sort this stuff out well look yeah i'm, I'm not going to at all say that i have the perfect answer to this because the reality is every major huge multinational does this wildly different but what i do know that they're all 
what, what they're all doing in common is um, immediately establishing a customer feedback loop. A customer feedback loop can be built in a variety of ways. For, so if you're talking about like a company like Walmart, it could be through surveys, phone surveys, email surveys, text message and SMS surveys. It could be through um, in-store focus groups where they're literally grabbing people. I'm sure all of you guys have seen this before. You're checking out and there's someone that for five minutes of your time will give you a coupon for something, but they want to understand X, Y, Z about your shopping experience. So there could be focus groups. Um, but every large company, what they're doing is they're essentially aggregating all of that feedback into one centralized bucket. And then somebody within their team or probably a team of really, really smart analysts and CX and CSers are going through all that feedback, every single touch point, right? And, and obviously AI and automation is becoming a, a whole other, we could literally do a whole other episode on, on, on just like what the future of this stuff's gonna look like, but somebody, whether it's whether it's one, somebody on the team or whether it's a bot, is going through every one of these pieces of feedback and they're doing categorization. And CXC with our client work, honestly, we call it our tagging and our bucketing to keep it super simple. So like, if you got a hundred pieces of feedback or you yeah. got a million pieces of feedback, you assort tags to each one of them and then you begin to create buckets. And so what, what some of the biggest companies on planet Earth are doing that have the most customer feedback data, they're tagging, they're bucking, they're compartmentalizing, and then they're doing a couple of different things. Number one, they're each team or each department or each potential silo. And I don't love the word silo, but it is what it is. And it's certainly part of, of huge, huge companies. It's just, it's a natural part of the evolution of becoming a massive company. But then those teams are doing prioritization based on what you've just, um, what you've just compartmentalized. I think the last thing is this, I think some of the biggest companies on planet Earth, they do an excellent job of reminding their customers or their users, here's what you all have told us. Here's what we're doing this month, this quarter, this year. So this idea of establishing like a drumbeat or a rhythm with your customers and being able to kind of have it going back and forth, that's what big companies do extremely well. Even if even if that means that they're only focusing on the twenty percent of the on the twenty percent of the items that eighty percent of the feedback is talking about, and that's typically what they do. Because, I mean, when you're talking about some of these huge companies and Amazon and Apple, there's they're they're dealing with tens of millions of yeah. pieces of data per day. So, like, you're not you're not going to be able to really think about. You got to you got to leverage the power of focus and really hone in on the top three items or the twenty percent that's bringing eighty percent of your of your pain or your consternation. Yeah, love it, love it. Okay, let's talk about simplicity. You mentioned that you need to simplify customer journey. And uh, I remember when uh, many years ago, someone shared with me uh, uh, about Zoom. I didn't know what software means, uh, but uh, uh, he told me we need to have a conversation on Zoom. And uh, I told him, you know, I have no time to register. You don't yeah. need to, to register. Just open the link. That's it. Yeah. Wow. What, what, what is it? <laughs> I opened the link. Yes. And right. we had a meeting simple uh it's the same with tiktok no when you download this app you don't need to register oh, okay if you want to create content if you want to uh get more features you can register yep. but in the first journey you don't need to register you can watch all these videos and TikTok can understand uh everything that uh, i like more to show uh personalized videos um so uh, i think simplicity is very important and uh I have the question about retaining customers. Okay. Um, uh, for example, uh, a few studies shared that um, uh, retaining customers cost five times less than acquiring new ones. So can you tell how to retain 
customers longer. Uh, any tips, uh, tricks, methods, how to retain and uh, I don't know, to have loyal customers? Absolutely, 100%. So I, I love this question and I think that this is a question that more people need to be honest about because let's 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 talk brass tacks here over the next two or three years the whole planet is probably going to have some economical pain things aren't going to be what we've seen for the last 15 to 20 years we've we've watched one of the greatest growth periods of business in in in, in the history of the world so these next few years every major bank ceo every major hedge fund uh every major investor out there in the world is making it very clear that things are going to get a little bit cooler colder slower uh calmer for these next couple of years right so number one retention becomes paramount your ability as a business executive to mitigate churn at all costs and to triple down on retention are probably one of the first or second, maybe it better be in your top three, but it's gotta be one of your top three things that you're thinking about as you're going into 2023. What are some ways that people are kind of getting ready to, to really kind of um, maximize or master the way that they're thinking about their attention? Number one, I think what, what a lot of the work that we do at CXC, Anatoly, is helping our customers understand how to get really excellent at understanding how to, how to build a customer portfolio management strategy. Um, here's another way of saying it. How are you doing a constant, regular book of business review to understand a couple of different things? Number one, again, I don't care if you have 10 customers or if you have a 10 million customers, taking the time to be able to stratify or to segment your customer portfolio or your book of business is really, really important. There's a couple of reasons. Number one, getting a basic sense for, and I'll talk generically here because everyone's got different definitions on this stuff, but which of your customers are in the green? They're killing it. They're happy. They're thrilled. They're not even thinking of even with this economic storm that's potentially pending on the horizon. They're not thinking about dropping you. They love you. You're a valued partner. You're a valued product. You're a valued service. You're already you're already baked into the slim down budget, right? Awesome. So green. Understanding your yellows. Who's kind of cautious? Who's on the line? Who's maybe like, I don't know. We might stick with them. We might not stick with them. Maybe we need them. Maybe we don't need them. That type of thing. That's super big because number one, that becomes one of your biggest areas right for customer success and for selling because they might not be getting the maximum value out of your out of your product or out of your service, which is why they're in this yellow kind of on the wobbly state. And then you've got your red customers. You've got your customers where it is inevitable. They've already showed us multiple signals of potential churn. Um, and when I talk about signals, guys, this is where every business and every team is a little bit different. This is why like mapping your customer journey, understanding every single solitary touch point tying it back to the data sets that are available to be able to mathematically follow some of the up and the down movement of a potential account or a customer or a user is huge, right? So these red accounts, they might be, maybe they haven't logged into your app for 60 days, 90 days, 120 days. They're, they're totally out if it's 120 days. Or maybe they haven't Maybe they haven't purchased anything. Maybe they haven't, maybe they're pushing back on the renewals discussion. Like you've been asking for the last three weeks, hey man, like we're only, we're only eight weeks away from renewal. We need to we need to get ready to rock and roll for 2023. Uh, I'll get back to you, Anatoly. Okay, I'd be concerned. If that's my business, I'm a little bit worried about that. Uh, but understanding the greens, yellows, and reds becomes a really simple way for most business owners to be able to do some stratification. I think the next big thing is just thinking about the feedback. And obviously, I'm, I'm, I'm selfishly talking about feedback a lot because we're a CX and a CS agency, right? We help businesses get better at how they manage customer feedback, right? That's what we do in employee feedback. But listening to the feedback is going to be another big thing. 
are there changes or are there um, any type of potential risks that you're seeing with your MPS feedback, with your customer satisfaction feedback, with your product effort scoring, with your customer effort scoring? Are there changes in some of the feedback that you're getting? Or even if, if your sales and your success team is doing the bulk of the talking, they're doing the bulk of the, the phone calls or the Zoom chats or the in-person meetings, who's measuring the qualitative pulse of what, what people are saying, right? Are they, are, are, are they super, super happy? Are they kind of shopping other options or did they literally already tell you, no, man, after, at the end of this contract, we're done. We're, we're good to go. We got, we got, we're going to do a half budget going into 2023 just to see how bad the stuff gets. So retention is one of those things where um, if you don't already have someone in your business, whether it's your revenue operations, your customer success, your customer experience, I guess sometimes this will tie into sales, but somebody in the business needs to be doing a constant um, vetting and validation of who's in and who's out. Um, last thing is this, I'm going to, uh, last thing I'm going to throw out there for retention is just understand your numbers, right? So like, meaning if you, if you know, if you're already doing a really good job of calculating sort of what churn looks like within your business, awesome. If you're calculating what your net revenue retention looks like, fantastic. If you're starting to calculate, um, across your customer portfolio, which accounts are essentially ascending in revenue spend, uh, flat or descending, then you are literally you're, then you're you're a top one percent of the world because you're doing things that most companies are still struggling to think about how they can calculate and then how they can measure and how they can manage. So those are some initial ideas around retention and churn mitigation. Yeah, love the tips, love it. Uh, Adrian, I have the question about how to double sales with existing customers uh for example uh, you I like know I, I love I, Apple, like I love apple you know i have macbook uh, iphone but uh, after watching the presentation with uh, tim cook about new apple watch uh i bought three pairs uh for me for my wife for my kid because you know yeah. this guys probably can kill me you know if i don't buy it for them yeah <laughs> so, right, but, right, right. You're stealing your watch on a toy they'll be taking your watch and you're taking a nap Ah, <laughs> uh, you know, I think uh, Atlantic Ocean stole my Apple Watch right now. Uh, this ocean owns this Apple Watch. Uh, it doesn't matter. But, you know, um, after the watching this presentation, I got the feeling of owning this Apple Watch, you know, uh, because Tim Cook didn't share features. He didn't share anything that other watches probably have. Uh, but he shared three stories how uh, Apple Watch can decide my problems, simplify my life, uh, many, many other stuff. And after that, I got, oh, I need it. I, I want to buy it. So I, I bought this Apple Watch and uh, two more pairs. Can you tell how to double sales? For example, uh, I love Apple. I love um, many Apple items, but uh, in the end, I can buy something after watching new advertisement or presentation, anything. So can you tell what businesses can do today to increase sales with existing customers because it's uh, simpler to sell them than uh, trying to find new ones. Yep. So, okay. So I love this question. And I think this is, again, it goes right back to what we were talking about, similar to the retention and the term mitigation, your ability to create upsell and cross sell and brand new revenue from your existing customer base. It's going to be mandatory over the next two to three years. Anatoly. meaning like it's going to be, way more difficult to go out and get a net new sale than it is to look at your current 100 customers and figure out how you can squeeze out that next million dollars in revenue, for example. So a couple ideas. Number one, um, it's constant It's constant um, um, account management and it's constant customer success focus within each one of your accounts, number one. So it's just, and you kind of mentioned this, your, your Apple example, 
if you're creating such incredible value and then you can kind of go to your customer or customer base and you can start to show additional revenues or additional areas where you can create even more value that's going to have a value to them right that's going to have a value to them so constantly thinking about i think a big way that we think about it with our with our clients at cxc is how do you become how do you leave the world of being a vendor or being a contractor or being uh something where you think about it very transact transactionally and how do you enter the world of being a strategic advisor a strategic partner a strategic consultant these are things that customers over time they begin to um um, they begin to value you differently, right? They begin to value you very differently. But what that does is it opens up the opportunity for these people to become some of your biggest promoters and referral um, referral points, right? So I think the first place is just making sure that you're taking time, as much time as possible with the customer to understand what you can do more for them. That typically translates into revenue opportunities, right? So like if you're a software company, you might be thinking about, you know, hey, hey, Anatoly, last last year, you know, you had 100 licenses with us. It looks like we provided uh, this type of return on investment. It looks like we added to your uh, to your ability to organize your files, your ability to keep your team on track, your ability to be able to see clear who what, what type of actions or calls to actions you need to take. Maybe there's an opportunity to talk about why the next 100 licenses might be able to take that business or that performance set to the next level. So that's one thought. The other thought, too, is just this idea of, when I say pr- 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 promoters and re- referrals, there's this, this notion of customer success qualified leads or CSQLs. Everybody on the show and all of our marketing folks that are listening right now, obviously, they're super, super aware of MQLs and your SQLs. CSQLs or customer success qualified leads are becoming uh, a whole hot new topic, right? Because number one, they convert at a much higher rate. If you have a customer success qualified lead coming in, i.e. a promotion or a referral from one of your existing customers, you're gonna have a much higher chance of closing that deal. And then number two, um, there's there's a different cost set here. Like think about the type of money that marketers need to spend to go out and to get those leads and those prospects and, those, and then to be able to convert them into whether or not they're a marketing qualified lead or a sales qualified lead. Customer success and customer experience qualified leads are going to have a much higher return on their uh, on their on their on their investment. And they're going to have a bigger bang for their buck. I think the last thing is this: the last big thing in terms of how you can leverage your customer experience and your customer success to drive growth. It goes back to the usability stuff that we we're talking about, Anatoly. So, like, if you break the the experience or the journey down to its simple component, its most simple component, and you understand what the major customer friction points are. You understand what your major employee friction points are. You understand what the top, I uh, the, the top opportunities that you've been able to identify are that are ripe for uh, optimization or teeing up your 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 own organization's OKRs or key uh, strategic objectives. That is how you drive innovation. Driving innovation drives growth, right? So, so there's a number of different uh, ways that you could slice or skin this cat, but those are a few of the a few of the ideas that that, that that immediately come to mind in terms of how CX and CS can support um, the growth. So one last thing, one last thing, leveraging your CS side and the relationships that they've built, and getting really, really good. And I don't care what your company is, but getting really, really good at knowing when and where you need to pull your sales team back into that process to be able to drag a deal across the line or to be able to actually solidify an upselling or a cross-selling possibility. And I think there's not enough companies yet out there. There's 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 more and more, don't get me wrong, but the way that we look at customer experience and customer success in today's world, it is modern selling. If you have the ability to go in and to go with, and again, let's go simple math, 
100 customers, you figure out which 20 customers are literally looking for more, need more support, have the opportunity to unlock doors to new new potential uh, customers for you. That's what you got to start think, hammering on that drum right now. Yeah, yeah, love it, love it. Uh, Adrian, I have the question about your unique selling proposition. Uh, okay, because, you know, we have many consultants, uh, companies that can help with customer journey. Yeah. And uh, in, in marketing, uh, I love this quote, uh, if you sell to anyone, you sell to no one. So it's better <laughs> to consider that we you can provide something better than others. Uh, so tell about your unique selling proposition. Why? businesses need to cooperate with you. Give a solid reason why you are better than uh, some of other consultants, companies that can help uh, to improve customer experience. What is your strong side? Tell more about that. Okay, so 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 so, so number one, um, there, there, there's three big areas that we really kind of pound on with any of the folks that we're, we're potentially going to work with. I think number one is CX and CS. Um, this is a space that's been around for a long time. Although it's it's really gotten a lot of popularity over the last five or 10 years, this is a space that's been around for a long time. So the first point that we try to drive home with all of our prospects that are, that are interested in potentially getting CX and CS fractional leadership is with CXE, you're going to get executive level expertise and credibility from day one. Honestly, there's a number of companies out there that when they think about, you know what, uh, maybe a fractional leader or consulting or an agency, it's too expensive. I'm going to go hire somebody. Most CX and CS hires, by the way, leadership hires, they last two years. The average tenure for a, a director or a vice president of customer experience and customer success, two years. Um, so having, having credibility and having that expertise joining your team on day one, it's, it's huge. It, it's, it allows you to increase your velocity and it, it allows you to almost shoot out of the cannon and start banging out CTAs or calls to action in the first 30 days. So that's number one. Number two is uh, um, it's this notion of understanding and working with a partner and working with a fractional leadership group that understands how to build and broadcast CTAs. So uh, I know this is hard and every business is going to be a little bit different. I promise you every executive leadership team has a very different uh, appetite and has a very different uh, level of willingness to allow an outsider to come in and start piling up calls to action. But the reality is when you've spent 15, 20 years building a variety of different customer experience, customer success teams, plus you've worked across different industries, plus you've built different types of team sets, tech sets, um, process sets, literally like a hundred different playbooks. And then more importantly, you've looked at millions of pieces of customer feedback your ability to tee up the top three calls to action with associated ROI adjustments or calculated projected ROI adjustments, it's pretty easy. What typically doesn't happen is you go out and you hire a brand new CX and CS leader. Typically those folks need to do a minimally a 90 day listening and learning tour just to catch up and just to understand your business, just to even get it, just to even begin to wrap their heads around it. My team at CX Chronicles, we swarm most of our client events. So there's a number of different uh, CX and CS SMEs who come around a project. We already are. And then here's the other big part. The la And then the third last part. We're partnered with some of the leading CX and CS SaaS providers in the world. So at CX Chronicles, we work with companies like Salesforce, HubSpot, Zendesk, uh, Help Scout, Churn Zero, Sturdy, Freshworks. We've already partnered with all of the major leading tools that most customer experience and customer success executives are going to invest in. They're going. To, we already know which tools you're going to build your tech stack in, and then a, a big part of what we've gotten good at because we've done with done this with a bunch of different companies is building the playbook. Sometimes it takes those same CX and CS leaders that you're going to hire. It could take them the first year just to even 
Think about what the tech stack's going to look like. Think about what the team and the tech stack's going to look like. You've just spent 12 months right there. CX Chronicles, we can do this for you in less than 90 days, right? So there's a, there's a velocity piece where we're leveraging our expertise. And the last part is this, man, and I hope you appreciate this. Similar to Anatolia, guys, we've built a community of 12,000 customer experience and customer success professionals, right? Through through our CX Chronicles podcast, it's a top 10 CXCS podcast in the world. Like I mentioned, every single week, just like Anatolia, we're, we're hustling, guys. We're trying to get all of these the smartest CX and CS people in the world. You guys come on the show, you tell us about how you think about the four pillars. And then what we do is we aggregate those learnings, those findings, the best of the best, and we bring them straight back to our customers, right? So, and then and there's there's something about the community piece here, Anatoly, and I know you know this, me and you were talking about this earlier, but like sometimes guys, when you're able to build a community around your customers, you are, you are just, you're invaluable to them, right? It's not just about creating solutions and coming up with answers and kind of helping people get through different parts of the challenge and stuff. It's also building a community around them so that whenever you do hit a blocker or hit a hurdle or hit an obstacle, you already know exactly which individuals are going to be able to potentially come into your business and to help solve that. So that, those are the big three areas, man. Those are the big three areas for us at CXC. Uh, you know, one more subscription to your podcast you have, you know. <laughs> so, guys, I recommend to subscribe to this podcast. Uh, I'll submit to uh, podcast notes so you can find the podcast. Uh, it's better to subscribe because you can see a lot of valuable insights. Uh, I have the final question. Uh, uh, let's imagine you started from scratch without any experience, knowledge, skills, what will you do today to learn more about customers experience and let me uh, tell you why i'm asking about that yeah. i found uh, for example uh, when i cooperate with webmasters companies uh, if they understand seo if they understand what we do we usually get much higher results yeah. uh, it's hard to be an expert because we spend years you now to improve our skills to update and keep doing this uh, but uh, anyway uh, when someone understands it's like i don't know if uh, uh, someone wanna lose weight if they know why uh, it's important to eat healthy food uh, to train hard uh, so uh, best coach can help you to lose weight if you don't understand the process if you don't yeah. cooperate uh, so tell how to learn about customer experience without any knowledge, skills, uh, just completely from scratch? Yep. I mean, look, we are living in, I think, one of the, although at times it feels it feels wild, this world, we're living in one of the most interesting times where it's inexcusable to not be able to go and find any set of knowledge that you want to. We have books, we have the internet, we have podcasts, and I'm where I'm, here's where, and this is where I'll drill into, to, to be specific to your question, for me, podcasts and audiobooks has become just a, it's a life hack man for me like and i'm not gonna lie to you I'm a, i consider myself a a relatively smart guy i can't read books i struggle with reading I, I get tired my eyes get tired i get bored i have add as you could probably already imagine i'm always bouncing around on things anyway and so i think podcasts and audiobooks is the first place I point people. And I get this. And I'm totally similar to you with your podcast. I'll get people to reach out to me and they, they like the podcast and say, hey, I just found your podcast. I love it. You know, can, 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 can you, I'd love to learn this, this and that about, about uh, more from you. And I'll say episode 147, episode 159, episode 187. There's three and a half hours of free content where not only will you hear my ideas on it, you're going to hear the chief customer officer from um, this major company. You're going to hear the vice president of customer engagement at this customer. You're going to hear uh, from the director of analytics. That. So like podcast is huge for me, man. And I, I'm not just saying that because I'm a podcast nerd like you, Anatoly, but like 
it's an easy way to be able to listen to not only the hosts and typically the hosts, they know a lot about it. Cause just like you, man, we're me, like me and you are very like, we have all these, we're privileged to have all these conversations every day with other people. And then we were able to kind of spin out our own ideas. Um, but podcast is one of the best places that you can hear not only from learning from the hosts, but you learn from their guests. The other thing is this, most podcasts are giving you, I find the most realistic non-theoretical but realistic examples around different ways even like what we just did for these for for for, for, for this podcast is like you're giving specific examples about or telling stories about things that you've done with past teams or past customer bases that's invaluable it's the easiest way that you can listen and learn and at least begin to like have a high level understanding of what people are even talking about so for me it's podcasts i do think um look the reality is just like probably any space i'm sure with marketing there's literally a million and one different uh, courses and universities and and some of these types of things. CX is the same. So with customer experience and customer success, there's a number of leading information services companies out there. Um, it is becoming more and more common to uh, have business students trying to trying to get into like customer experience or customer success related courses. We actually recently had a fellow on the CXC podcast who's building the first master's degree in America at Michigan State University focused just on customer experience. So this is a space that's about to like explode over the next 10 years. And, um, and, and so I think for, for the brand new person that knows nothing about it, start with the podcast. If, and if anybody is interested on, on this show, Anatoly, of, of, of getting like my favorite CX and CS podcast, have them shoot me an email at Adrian at CX Chronicles and I will literally send you my, 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 my favorites. The other thing too is um, start with my show. Start with the CX Chronicles podcast. If you, I try to do similar what Anatoly does for marketing and SEO and for digital experiences. I try to do the same thing for customer experience and customer success. Where I try to aggregate knowledge. I try to. That's why we have. That's why we call the CX Chronicles. We try to chronicle and document and gather and capture all of this customer focused knowledge and put it into a place where, where where beginners or experts can come and they can kind of feast on the knowledge of all these other successful individuals. I like that. <laughs> uh, these guys from North Korea, they can't listen to your podcast. Uh, they, I think all the world can, uh, probably in the future, they will listen to your podcast as well. Uh, I'm pretty sure that things will change <laughs> soon. Uh, Adrian, it's a big pleasure to get you on my show, to learn from you. You share a lot of valuable insights. Tell the best way how to reach out to you, how to learn more about you. And I understand, of course, it's better to follow your podcast. But if you have another way, just share with us. 100%. So, so number one, Anatoly, thank you so much for letting me join the show. It's been my pleasure, man. I, I love the work that you're doing. Check us out at cxchronicles.com. So check out the website. That's the easiest place. Um, I'm super active on LinkedIn. So you can you can search Adrian Brady Chizana on LinkedIn, and I'm, uh, I will absolutely get back to you. And then, like I just mentioned a second ago, anyone that's super interested in this stuff or, or needs help today with their business, uh, shoot me an email at adrian at cxchronicles.com. But Anatoly, thank you so much, man, for having me on the show and letting me talk about some of the work that we're doing at CXC today. Nice, nice. Uh, okay, guys, uh, you can find all these links in the description below. Listen to us on Apple, Google, Spotify. Thanks again for your time. A big pleasure. Welcome back anytime. Share more valuable insights. I love it. Guys, you need to follow. You need to subscribe to this podcast because you can see a lot of value. Okay, guys, love you. See you. Thanks for listening to this entire podcast. Please rank your experience in Apple, Spotify, Google, or any other platforms that you may use. Also, please share your ranking mark on chat at seotools.tv to get a special gift. We'll see you soon 
on other valuable audio podcasts.